Have you ever wondered why some business people are more successful than others? Welcome to The Mentor List, a source of sound advice with your host, David Lewis. The Mentor List specializes in interviews with top business minds. Listen to their stories, list their habits, and most importantly, gather their advice for your career. This is The Mentor List. Hi, welcome to the show. We've got Sam Cawthorn on the show joining us for a chat today. Now, Sam was actually pronounced dead in 2009, and he was dead for three and a half minutes. He's obviously not dead anymore because he's on the show and he's chatting and he's alive and kicking. And I mean, what a story. This is just personal resilience to the max. I met Sam probably a couple of years ago back where he presented to me at a not me, but uh, me and many others at a corporate event on Cockatoo Island. So he has just bounced forward from this life-changing and potentially life-derailing event and, and car accident, which is he's gone through. Gone on to become best-selling author. He won the Young Entrepreneur, Australian Entrepreneur of the Year back in 2009. He's a philanthropist and a speaking coach and amongst many other things, he is just great example of personal resilience and yeah really enjoyed having a chat with sam and hope you enjoy listening in all right so sam cawthorn welcome to the mentalist thank you very much good to be here you, you looked at me funny did i mispronounce your last name <laughs> no <laughs> no you didn't mispronounce my last name at all <laughs> i've got a spot on I got a tendency to do that, unfortunately. Okay, so yeah, welcome to the show. And I wanted to give the listeners a little bit of background. So we met probably about two years ago around on Cockatoo Island, as you do. So you were on the doing a, a talk on resilience as we were kicking up a project in the year, probably around this time, the January sort of time, maybe one or two years ago. So yeah, it was a story that definitely stuck with me. Yeah, I just sort of stalked you out on linkedin and um so thanks for yeah giving us your time today and yeah excited to get your story on audio storyo get your story (laughs) (laughs) and share it with you guys so i mean i I don't don't know where to start here it's it's i don't know where where to go but i guess i was gonna gonna start i guess on a low note and pronounce dead so that was sort of one of my topics I had <laughs> to bring up today. So maybe we start from there and we can sort of start tracking along and the, the guys can hear about you. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, it's quite interesting because there, there's a lot of people that sort of say, hey, Sam, do you remember when you died? Do you remember, you know, like, do, do you remember that moment when you died? Because I was pronounced dead for about three and a half minutes. And they say that when you die, you know, your entire life flashes right there in front of your eyes. You know, you remember... All, all the things that happened all throughout your world, whether it's your first kiss or your first day you rode a bike or, you know, your first this. So, the, so apparently your entire life flashes right in front of your eyes. <laughs> I feel ripped off. Got it. <laughs> because, because I didn't get that. But I suppose what I did get, I got a very bright light. It was whiter than white. It was brighter than bright. And after a long period, this light, light sort of came towards me. And I found this light rested itself on me. I felt this peace and this harmony that I'd never felt before in my life. Then from that moment, then I found myself waking up after being on life support for an entire week. So it was a very sort of supernatural, very spiritual moment there at the time. But I I was told that the paramedics obviously got my heart back going. But then I was on life support for a week after my, my accident. 
Right. Okay. So we've kind of, I've kind of just jumped you and thrown you straight into it. So, and then this was sort of part of your talk on resilience. And uh, when you came and saw us on Cockatoo Island, do you want to maybe give the context of how you got there? And yeah, so the listeners sort of know why you're on life support and uh, how that came about. Yeah, yeah, look, of course. So, so I was born and raised down in Tasmania. And after leaving school, I went and worked for the Australian federal government as a youth futurist. So predicting trends when it came to young people. And at, at age 26, you know, prime of my life, I had the wife, I had the two kids, I had the great job. And I was, I was doing quite a few kilometres in my company car, which is a big V8 statesman. I fell asleep at the wheel at about three o'clock in the afternoon, driving from one appointment to another appointment. I veered over the other side of the road and I, had, I was told I had a 206-kilometre head-on collision with a semi-trailer truck. So it was my fault. I fell asleep and I veered over the other side of the road. So my arm was ripped off in the accident. So I now live with an amputated right arm above the elbow and also a permanent disability in my right leg. So my right leg doesn't work at all. It's completely stiff and straight. So yeah, it was a very difficult time navigating through this whole new chapter, new season in my life, not only from a father point of view, from you know lifting up my kids with both hands where I now can't, Mm. but all the way through to my career and everything in between. <laughs> it was quite interesting, actually, because at the time of my accident, I actually had two kids. And then after my accident, about a year year later, we then found that my wife was pregnant. And wow. uh, it was quite interesting. My, my doctor, he goes to me, you know, Sam, you were banged up pretty, you were banged up quite a bit, but it's a good thing we still know something still works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Now I don't have to ask. <laughs> does, that, does that come up a bit in your, in your, when you do your speeches and uh, your, your speaking events? No, look, not not really. I mean, look, it's certainly a good joke, though. Yeah. But it was true. It was, uh, it was absolutely true. Yeah, okay. So you sort of say, you, you know, you're in the prime of your life at 26. I mean, this is obviously shaken shaken up your life to the nth degree. I mean, you know, how do you how do you go from there? You know, losing losing, I guess, your arm and the use of your of your right leg. You know, talk us through how you've because I mean I've got a list of dot points of things I want to get to. And I mean, there's a hell of a lot of stuff you've bounced back and or sorry, I've used the wrong word there, bounced forward in. So yeah, do you want to talk us through, yeah, what happened next? Yeah, look, it is interesting that, you know, we, we've all heard of this terminology, bounce back. You know, look how we're bouncing back from the global financial crisis, how we're bouncing back from natural disasters or even a, our own crisis or adversities. And, uh, you know, through my entire rehabilitation, which was difficult to say the least, even though I went through no depression or anxiety, even no uh, counselling or anything at all like that, I've always looked at things from a bright side. Look, I'm still alive uh, and I'm still alive for a reason and a purpose. There's a lot of other people out there that have had car accidents or have had similar crises that are no longer here. So I suppose one of the biggest lessons I've learned is uh, how can I be grateful in everything that I've been gifted? And so, yes, this was an accident, yet I'm, you know, I'm, I'm alive. I've still got my head on my shoulders. I'm still a good-looking bloke. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I really had to dig deep and find out, okay, look, I am still alive. What can I now do? 
And so through navigating this whole transition from being a person that's full able-bodied, now being a person now that lives with a disability, you know, and that going through that whole rehabilitation was, yeah, was certainly was, was difficult. But I suppose uh, someone said something to me when I was in hospital. I still remember it to this day and I do talk a lot about it. They said this, they said, Sam, it is your decision, not your condition that determines who you are. And it is so true, isn't it? That, you know, we're all so blinded by our conditions in our life, by everything that's going wrong. But for me, I realise that the greatest gift in a way God's ever given us is the freedom of choice. So I realised that I get to choose. So, you know, I've simply made a decision that I'm not going to be bitter or angry or wallow in my, in my disability, but I'm going to pick myself up. So I didn't go back to the same job, even though the entire rehabilitation team, that was their core focus. I decided to not bounce back, but to learn from my crisis and to bounce forward. So this really was the starting point to my journey as a professional speaker. Yeah, so today I've now spoken in 36 countries. I've spoken on stage with the likes of President of the USA all the way through to Richard Branson or Dalai Lama. So it's been an extraordinary journey. Wow, okay. Did you, um, did you get to sort of converse with those, any of those three that you mentioned or, or anyone else on the circuit that's worth sort of having a funny a mention? Yeah, look, look, there are certainly some amazing people in the world, even meeting Coach Carter from the movie he was a pretty cool guy michael jordan as well so yeah for me i've also realized that yes there are some people in the world that we'll have heard of household names but in most cases when you meet them you know they're just ordinary everyday people a lot of the time we put them up on pedal stools and we think think oh wow look at that person but yeah you know they're ordinary normal people that have just overcome either significant adversities or achieve significant things in the world yeah yeah Oh, fantastic. And so when you're doing your talking in 36 different countries, are you talking about, is it that resilience again and, you know, your own personal story? Is that why people get you in? Yeah, so initially, absolutely, that's what, what I was doing. So I was known as a bit of a resilience expert, teaching individuals and organisations how they can overcome crisis and, and get through tough times. And there's a, there's a thing which is called adversarial growth which basically means the most toughest of adversities can ignite some of the greatest of growth periods in our life. That was the reason why I got onto this uh, speaking circuit and initially that was what I was doing, yeah. And is it, that's kind of what you're on now. If I'm, you know, I'm sort of having a quick Google of your name and there's a couple of books out there and we've got international bestsellers, write-ups in New York. Do you want to talk us through, you know, some of the, the stuff that you've authored and... I mean, it's almost like you're on this adversarial, what, what did you call it? Adversarial growth. Adversarial growth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, look very, look, very much so. From that accident and telling my story, I then went on to win the uh, Young Australian of the Year. I've now written six books. My latest book got into the top three New York Times international bestseller. Yeah, so, so done some really, really cool things, won the Entrepreneur of the Year and so on and so forth. And yeah, it's, it's, it certainly has been a journey of inspiration and really learning how to tell my story well, learning how I can master communication and influence and persuade others. So yeah, so I've literally built a career out of having a car accident. Yeah, right. Wow, what a way to... 
I guess I meant to coin your term, bounce forward. But I mean, you know, this could it could go well, not one of two ways, it could go many ways. But either well, good or bad. And I mean, this is certainly something that you've you've bounced forward from. I just wanted to ask you about gratefulness. So you mentioned that before around being grateful and bringing gratefulness into your life. You know, how are you actually doing that? Because you know, I've heard of gratitude diaries and things like this, but I mean, I imagine for you in particular, going through that experience, it would have been pretty hard to feel grateful, you know, when you're going through rehab and, I mean, very tough physical time and not to mention the mental challenge. So what sort of stuff are you doing to, to bring that awareness of gratefulness up? Yes. Yeah, so, so for me, I, I like going back to the core basics of life, such as the food in our fridge, the roof over our heads, clothes on our back, the air that we breathe friends that we have the money in the bank so for me that is the core basics you know it's quite interesting that you know the that most people in the world i'm talking most people more than 50 percent of the world do not have those basic necessities and then on top of that people do have accidents and they have massive crises such as me and and now they you know either might no longer be here or simply can't walk or are now mentally living now with a mental disorder. So for me, gratitude comes from just simply being grateful on the very, very small things in life. Yeah. So I know it's very cliche, but, mate, I've, I feel so grateful that I'm breathing air. I feel so grateful that I'm still alive. I feel so grateful that I've got food in the fridge and money in the bank and clothes on my back. So for me, it's just the core basic essentials because for me... If you look at the growing rates of depression right now that's happening around the world, you know, depression rates today are 10 times greater than what they were in the 1930s Great Depression. You know, the mean onset age of depression 35 years ago was 29 years old. Today is 14 years old. And so when we look at depression, research now tells us it is impossible for you to be grateful and depressed at the same time. Mm. Or should I say it's nearly impossible because I totally acknowledge chemical imbalance. But it's very difficult, very, very difficult for you to be depressed and grateful at the same time. So for me, you know, always looking at how I can just simply say, look, thanks, living a life of thankfulness. Yeah, fantastic. And is this, this is sort of a nice segue into, I always struggle with this word, <laughs> Philanthro- philanthropy. I don't know why. There's like a few THs in there. But uh, <laughs> so do you want to talk us through some of the stuff? Because I can see the videos online about yeah, some of your efforts there. And do you want to maybe talk us through what's, what's motivated you to, to, I guess, get up and do some stuff around in that space? Yeah, yeah. So, so look, I, I'm certainly a firm believer of not only living a life of gratefulness, but also seeing how I can add value and serve humanity for the people that are less fortunate. Research tells us that one in every five people in the world live with a disability, yet 80, 88% of disabilities are invisible, which means we can't see them. And on top of that, 80% of people that live with a disability live in developing worlds. Now get this, eight out of 10 of these kids will not at all have a chance for an education. And not even the MDGs, the Millennium Development Goals, not even one of them address directly kids that live with a disability. And the reality is this, is that poverty will never be history until such time as disability is put on the agenda. So what we're trying to do 
is obviously stop this whole cycle between poverty and disability with young kids. So we started a charity which is called Caring for People yeah. and we help kids predominantly there in India. We help them transition to go from feeling hopeless to feeling absolute nothing to even, even in some circumstances they've even been cast out from their families and their communities. We help them transition to so they can find value and worth in themselves and then transition into, into school or education. Oh, fantastic. And where, where do people go to find out a bit more about that if, they're, if you've uh, sparked their curiosity? Yeah, so they can go straight to our website, which is uh, caringforpeople.org. Okay, great. I'll link to that also in the show notes. Fantastic. Okay, I just wanted to, so this is a really good question for yourself. This is sort of one of my standard mentalist questions. I guess it's advice for yourself that you'd have for your former self. What would you like to tell yourself? It's a really good question. So, so look, for me, it's very hard to have it all in one because I live a life where I've decompartmentalized every, all aspects of my life, whether it's my health and well-being, it's my spiritual life, my finances, my business, my personal, my family, etc. So for me, the number one thing on it all is, you know, family. Sam, spend some more time with your kids and your wife and family. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you, when you've nearly lost that opportunity, it, uh, you really understand just how important it is. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay, thanks for that. And just habits. So what, what habits can you share with the listeners that have sort of contributed to either you bouncing forward or, you know, your continued success? Yeah, great. I think a really important habit here is proximity, is upgrade your proximity because proximity is power. And I suppose what we mean by that is that you are the average of your five closest friends. The company that you keep determine who you are. Yeah, great. So here we, uh, you know, a huge habit is always looking at upgrading my proximity, always looking at ways how I can connect with people that I can learn, grow and teach. So proximity for me is a big, big, big one. And, and then another habit is always looking at the bright side of things. You know, so this is all around happiness and gratitude and, and yep. just simply feeling great each and every day. Yeah, fantastic. And to, just something you mentioned before we started recording, um, I don't know if this is part of your daily habit, but uh, waking up at 3 a.m., is that a daily thing or is that just today? <laughs> Look, I certainly do like my mornings rather than my late nights. So, yeah, I, I am an early riser. This morning, yes, I did wake up at 3 a.m. and couldn't get back to sleep. Yeah, no, look, normally I'd wake up at uh, 4 or 5. Okay. Wow. Well, just excited to come on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, look, for, for me, I actually feel that when most people are asleep, that's actually when I can get a lot of my work done and when I can actually yep. really just find yeah, I'm meant to be on this planet today. Uh, it's a very common theme. Yeah, Any, like almost almost everyone I've interviewed are up early and utilising their morning to get what they mm. need done. Yeah, so just the next question was around a quote. If you had a quote you'd like to share? Yeah, look, I, I do have a quote and it's something I did mention earlier on and it's, it's your decision, not your condition, that determines who you are. Great. Is that you or is that something you've uh, picked up? That's me. Oh, great. Okay. We'll uh, quote you there. Cool. 
and a book. So I know you've written five books and I'll absolutely link to them on the webpage. Maybe if we could talk to them as well. But is there a book that you'd recommend also people pick up and read? Yeah, so I, I enjoy fables. So one of the best fables I've read is called The Alchemist by Paulo Calero. Have you read that? I've heard of it. And for some reason oh, when you, you haven't say, read it. I haven't read it. <laughs> for some reason when you say it, I think of James Altucher and I'm not, not sure why. Is there mm. any like no. No. <laughs> So do you want to tell us about the what is it? The al- alchemist. The, the the alchemist. Alchemist. I suppose it's one man's journey of discovery within himself as he goes on an adventure of a lifetime. Right. Paulo Calero is a brilliant writer. He's very descriptive. Yeah, one, one of the best writers I, I feel of today's world. Fantastic. I'll pick it up and have a read. Right, and do you want to maybe, oh, let's, let's talk through your book, your books. What's your favourite one and, or your new book? Just, yeah, far away. Well, I'm currently writing my latest book at the moment. It's called Story Showing. And the concept of it is, is that for too long we've been hearing about storytelling and how we have to tell more stories. We have to, you know, people more stories in the sales process or tell the story of the organisation or, you know, be storytellers when we're actually on stage and presenting and so on and so forth. But for me, it's, it's not about telling because telling, I feel, is dictatorship and there's really no authentic connection or really inspiring from within. So it's not about telling a story i believe it's more around showing a story and so my whole entire concept here is about story showing because an average communicator will inform a good communicator will persuade a great communicator will inspire excellent communicator will transform but the pinnacle of all communication is what we like to call transcendence or transcendent communication. It's like an outer body experience. And I believe that in today's world where everything really is about story and in today's world when there's so much noise out there and everyone's trying to communicate to them their own story or their own business story, etc. It's not about now telling people things. It's now about showing them and inspiring from within so they can have a transcendent experience so you can teach other people to see it from your point of view. So, yeah, this is my latest book. It's called Story Showing. Wow, what an interesting concept. And I don't want you to give away all the, all the goodies of the book, but is this more of how something's delivered or is this more about being what you're talking about? Or, I mean, I don't want to limit to those two, but is this how you deliver a, a, a story or is, is this something completely different? Yeah, so it, it is a little bit of both. So what we look at here is the, uh, that what is the visual representation of your message, whether you're selling a product, a services, or whether you actually do have a message? What is the story of the company? What is the story of your own story as well? And how can you deliver that in a very powerful way? How can you inspire through a sales process? How can you connect through a presentation? How can you transform an audience or a customer or a client? And, you know, as we know, story is one of the most powerful and also one of the most traditional and oldest ways of communicating. 
And so what we want to do is really transform the whole way how we look at stories. And it's not about telling a story. It's about showing a story, being a story shower. Yeah. We'd way rather someone to say to us, we'd way rather someone to say to us, hey, let me show you something, rather than someone to say, let me tell you something. Yeah, I like so, it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I look forward to that coming out. I'll pick it up and have a read. Sounds good. All right, Sam. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. So just for the guys that are listening in and they want to, I don't know, find out some more about you or book you in for the next speaking event or who should contact you and what could they contact you about? And I'll throw in another question, see how many questions I could find. How would they contact you? So what was that? Who, why, how? (laughs) (laughs) So of late, my business now is called Speakers Institute. And one of the main reasons is is because I don't really like doing as much travel as what I was in the past. So I would way rather now teach other people how they can tell their story more powerfully. So now we do train a lot of TEDx speakers. We train a lot of other communicators and anyone at all that really wants to master communication for influence. So the best way to get in contact to us and also with me would be through speakersinstitute.com.au. That's speakersinstitute.com.au and uh, they can find all the information straight on that website. Yeah, great. Okay. I'll put some links to that as well. Fantastic. All right. Okay, Sam. Well, yeah, thank you very much for today's show and, yeah, tune in next week for another great show. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you liked today's show. You can hop online to find out more about our mentor. There's links in how to contact them. There's also links around uh, the books that they've recommended and how you might go about getting your hands on them. Mentorless.com.au Thank you for listening to The Mentor List with your host, David Lewis. If you like what you're hearing on The Mentor List, the best way to support the show is to take just a few seconds to leave a rating and comment over on iTunes. You can also find further information about this show and links to further episodes at www.mentorlist.com.au. Until next time, this is The Mentor List. Mentor List.